Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, The Road to Restoration. I'm Pastor Sergio De La Mora, and I'm delighted that you're joining me today. I've been in this series on the six places that God wants to restore. God is a restorer. Personally, I can tell you that God not only restores, but God loves to see us be restored. And He's longing to see you be restored as well. Or maybe you know someone who's going through the process of restoration. Whether you're on the road of restoration, fallen off the road, or maybe you're weary of being on the road to restoration, there's good news for you because God sees where you are, knows where you need to be, and He knows how to get you there. Today, I want to talk about the God that restores time, that God wants to restore the years that you lost in your season, in your season of disobedience. There's a story in the Bible that I want to talk to you about. Uh, the people of God, the children of Israel, they were going through a massive season of disobedience. And in this season of disobedience, God had to bring some, well, consequences to wake them up. How many of you know that consequences is, what's wakes, is what wakes us up? And there were some consequences in their life. And the consequences were that their crops were eaten by locusts. And locusts came in, they swarmed through the fields, and they ate up the wheat, the barley, all that they lived off of it. Because the Bible was written in a agricultural society when the wheat and barley was eaten up and the crops were eaten up. That meant years were lost. Income was lost. Favor is lost. Opportunities are lost. In some even relationships, families were lost, broken and devastated because of the lack of income. And so imagine uh, what I'm about to read to you was read to people who had lost, well, some of them, all that they knew. And it would have taken years and years for them to recover. And yet, after their season of disobedience, and while in their season of disobedience, look at what the Bible says to the children of Israel from the prophet Joel, chapter 2, verse 25. God promises, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. It says, then you shall know that I am the Lord and I am in your midst and I'm the Lord your God and there is no other and my people should never be put to shame. God sees the devastation that occurred in the life of his people. And he says, I'm the one that sent the army against you. In other words, God was part of the consequences. His dealing in their life was such and so that he took place, he took part and watching the devastation happen. But while it was happening at the same time, he was already thinking about their restoration. So let me say this, that God sees what we did, God sees what was done, but also God sees what he's about to do. Remember that. God saw what you did. God saw what has been done, the consequences and the devastation. But God also knows what he's going to do. And this promise of restoration focuses on how God restores the years that we lost through our disobedience. And I want to share this with you because I don't think there's anything more treacherous and painful and disappointing, well, to a parent like myself or to a person, a grown person who's grown in years, to realize that you've lost opportunities. You've lost finance. You've, well, you've lost income. You've, you've lost relationships. You lost what could have been. I just think the thought of losing what could have been 
can be devastating. And so what does a person do? What do you do when you've worked all these years and you know, you've made bad choices and consequences happen and you lose what apparently you gained through years of labor. And then you hear a promise like this, I will restore the years that the swarming locusts, well, consumed in your life. Okay, let me slow down and talk to you about this promise. I genuinely believe that God doesn't give a promise without the intention of fulfilling it. But every promise um, requires that we go through a process. It's true. Um, I've heard this before over the years, that, that the promises of God are always fulfilled when we walk out the process of God. So I'm not sure what process you find yourself in, but I want to encourage you in your process to stick to the process because there's places that God wants to restore in your life that it would have taken years and he wants to do it. In fact, let me say this, that God does restore years, times, months in your life. God is the restoration, the restorer of time. So I'm going to show you that in the Bible, we have interesting stories how God uh, moved the clock for people so that they were able to live in favor that had God not moved the clock forward for some of them, for some of them behind, that they would have never seen the favor that they seen. Let's start with Joshua. In the conquest of Joshua, in the book of Joshua, God uh, heard Joshua's plea to say, God, I'm fighting one of my enemies, but I need you to cause the sun to stand still. In other words, cause the sun to stop where it is because I need more time to win this enemy. Joshua's fighting battles. And in this battle, he says, okay, God, as I'm looking at the time of the day and I'm looking at how much more time we need to win this battle, I need you to tell the sun to stand still. So he says to the sun, sun, stand still. And as a result, God answers Joshua and the sun stands still so that Joshua could have more time to win and to defeat his enemy. Maybe you need more time right now. Maybe the enemy's causing havoc and it seems like you're losing the battle and you feel like you're about to lose this battle because you're running out of time. God is the God that brings, restores time to you by, by holding the clock for you. He holds time in his hand. And so today, I want to believe with you that if you need God to add time to your day, because not that he's going to uh, change the 24 hours of the day, but he's going to accelerate some things for you that would have taken more time, but, but you're going to be able to defeat some enemies in your life because God's going to accelerate a victory for you. That's what he did for Joshua. God took control over time for Joshua so that Joshua can have a victory that could only have happened had God not entered into his atmosphere and changed circumstances so that he could have more time to defeat his enemy. You're going to defeat your enemy because God's going to give you favor and he's going to accelerate things for you in your favor. So had he not accelerated time for you or held back time, you wouldn't have seen favor. God's going to show you favor with enemies. Number two, I see that God accelerated favor by accelerating Joseph's promotion. I want to share this with you. Think about this. Joseph is in a prison. 
He has no opportunities in front of him. He has no one knocking on his door. He's in prison, which would mean in the days that he finds himself in, he's the outcast. He's the undesirable. Um, he's the one that no one considers serious or no one would consider, especially for a promotion to being the prime minister of Egypt. But in one day, God calls Joseph from the prison to the palace and he accelerates his promotion. Do you know how long it would have taken for Joseph to get out of prison, take a re-entry course back into Egypt, and then go to college in Egypt, and then network his way to be part of Pharaoh's inner court, and then to have the favor in the inner court. Do you know how many years it would have taken Joseph to go from being a prisoner in Egypt to finding his way to becoming the prime minister of Egypt? God accelerated the years of training, preparation, networking that would have taken for a person to go from a prison to, a, to the palace of Pharaoh. And he did it in one day by using the gift on Joseph's life. Oh, God will accelerate favor for you. He'll restore years for you by making those years up. It's powerful. How about the story of the prodigal son who in his disobedience lost everything. He was at zero. He worked harder and harder and harder, but ended up still losing it all. You know the story, Luke 15. But the Bible says when he's restored, he receives the honor back in the, the father's house. He receives the robe, the ring, the sandals, the favor of the father, and the favor of the community. Imagine the years. We don't know how much time he wasted his livelihood, we don't know if it was years, months, days, but what we do know this is immediately his restoration came with the restoration of relationship with his father, relationship with the community, restored honor, restored righteousness, righteous position with God. I just want you to see, and you can always go into that story and find more places, re-restored but, but I want you to just see how God is a master at restoring the years that the enemy stole from us. Even though God was part and played a part, because ultimately God's in charge. But because he is, he also knows not only has how to cause the consequence, but he knows how to bring restoration from the consequence. Our God is good. Your God is good. Let me also talk to you about how God can restore your reputation. Oh, the years and the calamity of a lost reputation. Okay, here's a story. Um, in the Bible, when a person gets married, you know the story in John chapter 2, um, that the bridegroom serves the wine and that he comes to the place where the wine runs out. In those days, that would be humiliation. That would be absurd. Uh, that would cause a stain to your reputation. So this groom and the families, both of the, the, the bridegroom and the, and the bride, both families would be, the reputation would be tarnished, tarnished stained, uh, even ruined in some cases. And yet, uh, Jesus' mother says, 
to Jesus, they need help. And Jesus gives a command and simply by one command, he turns water into wine and not just any wine. Oh, the best wine. <laughs> and I want to ask you, I don't, I've never, I've been part of the process of fermentation, but it's obvious that a grape doesn't just turn into wine served on a table and at the highest caliber in a day, in a moment, in an hour, in a year. It takes years for wine to ferment to become known as the best wine. And see, this is what Jesus does. He restores the reputation of the bridegroom by accelerating the process of fermentation so that what have taken years takes minutes, seconds to happen. That's how good our God is. Our God restores. And so today, I'm not sure where you find yourself. It's a restored reputation, restored finances. Is it restored relationships? I'm not sure. But I know this, God restores years that the enemy has stole because he promised, I will restore the years. So let me agree in faith with you right now. And let's together believe. God, today I pray for everyone that's watching, everyone that's listening, that you will move speedily, that you will quickly restore what needs to be restored. What we lost for years of disobedience, accelerate the healing, accelerate the income, accelerate the relational uh, healing that has to happen, the physical healing that has to happen. Whatever needs to happen, I pray that you make it happen so that your word again becomes confirmed that you are the God that restores years. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today I need you to help me help some people, okay? I want to encourage you to hit the like, share button, leave a comment, subscribe, be part of this podcast, share it with people, five people that you know who need to hear this. That could be probably uh, one of the best things that you could do today, spiritually speaking, to help someone because a good word will always bring transformation to people's lives. And again, thanks for being part of the podcast community. God bless you.